Welcome to the Friends of Israel today. I'm Steve Conover. With me, as always, is our host and teacher, Chris Katolka. I'd like to encourage you right at the outset to visit our website, foiradio.org. That's foiradio.org. There you can find out more information about the Friends of Israel Today radio program. You'll also be able to browse our archives and listen to six years worth of Chris's teachings. Again, that's foiradio.org. Steve, a few weeks ago, our most recent issue of Israel, My Glory, came right into our mailbox. I always get excited to see it. Uh, This particular issue is all about the Feasts of Israel. And, uh, you know, we've been actually journeying with the Jewish people as they've been celebrating the feasts, the fall Feasts of Israel. Uh, They've been celebrating Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and the Feast of Tabernacles all throughout the month of September. And that's why we're going to have Tom Simcox, who's a church ministries representative here with the Friends of Israel, who actually wrote an article on what the Jewish people are celebrating right now. It's called the Feast of Tabernacles, Sukkot. So we're going to be talking all about this really important important fall feast of Israel, the Feast of Tabernacles. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. We hope you stay with us. But first, in the news, the U.S. House of Representatives voted overwhelmingly to give $1 billion to Israel for its Iron Dome missile defense system. Two days after objections from the squad, the most progressive wing of the Democratic Party forced leaders to remove it from a broader spending bill. Steve, here's my take on this, because it's it's pretty sad. Uh, it was reported that uh, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez wept after her party approved the funding of the Iron Dome. The Iron Dome, just a reminder, has protected millions of Israelis from tens of thousands of rockets over the years. So I'm guessing that her tears reveal that she's okay with seeing innocent Israelis die at the hand of terrorists like Hamas. And just a friendly reminder, when we're talking about Israelis, we're not just talking about Jewish Israelis, we're talking about Arab Israelis, Muslim Israelis, Christian Israelis. So when we talk about Israelis, we're talking about the full spectrum of of Israeli citizens who are protected by Iron Dome. Now, listen, my friends, uh, let's not forget what the scriptures teach. And I hope that this is just a reminder for you over and over again Genesis 12, 3 says this, I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. Here at the Friends of Israel, we believe that verse still means what it says today. So let's stay on the side of blessing Israel. Well, it's great to have Tom Simcox in studio. Tom is a dear friend, longtime friend, colleague at Friends of Israel. He's a church ministries representative here. Uh, Tom, how long have you ministered with Friends of Israel? Can you remember? Well, uh, can you remember? (laughs) Long time ago. No, um, (laughs) I actually started in October of 1979 uh, working in the headquarters and then uh, transitioned to uh, the uh, field staff in uh, 1986. Okay. Um, So, yeah, it's been, wow. Long time now. We won't even calculate those no. numbers, right? Okay. We'll need a mathematician ago, to do that. An abacus. No, I'm joking. Tom is an amazing uh, minister of the gospel with the Friends of Israel. And actually, you might know him very well by reading our flagship magazine, Israel My Glory. He has articles all the time in, in Israel My Glory. And that's why we actually called you in today, because you wrote a great article called Holiday Under the Stars in our newest Israel My Glory uh, that's come out for our September-October issue, which is all about the seven biblical feasts. And I love this. And you wrote it uh, the, 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 the article Holiday Under the Stars. And I, I'm interested on in why you called it that, because when I read that, I thought this sounds like when I would go to a a jazz concert outside or some exciting event in the evening. What, what do the fall feasts of Israel have to do with holidays under or a holiday under the stars? 
That's a great question. I got that same picture in, in my mind when I thought about it. But you see, really what's happening is the Jewish people, and I see this in Manhattan, I see this wherever I go, tabernacles, they build these little temporary booths. That's really where the, the term kind of comes from. It's like a little booth, like a little lean-to. It's It's got like a palm kind of a roof, and they leave it open, and they put some fruit, and they hang palms, branches, and fruit on it. And they sit outside, and the idea is that they're supposed to be able to see the stars because it's to remind them of their ancestors as they journeyed from Egypt mm. to the promised land as God led them. They dwelt in temporary homes, and they could see the stars. It was like a giant camp out. And so this is all about, we've you know, the whole issue is about the fall feast of Israel. So we're looking at Rosh Hashanah, yep. Yom Kippur, and the Feast of Tabernacles, which is also called Sukkot. And that's what we're looking at here. Um, so, so this specifically comes from Leviticus chapter 23, verses 33 and 34, when it says this, that Moses, uh, the Lord speaks to Moses and says, speak to the children of Israel saying, the 15th day of this month shall be the Feast of Tabernacles for seven days to the Lord. Uh, I'm interested to know, uh, Tom, what does Sukkot actually even mean? I mean, that's a Hebrew word. Yes, it is. I believe that it means tabernacle or booth. Yeah. And the idea is, again, what I just mentioned, it's this temporary dwelling. It's funny. I can go into midtown Manhattan, see this huge skyscraper, and on all the little, little like, porches that they have, you see this, like, little thing that looks like it kind of just dropped down from a forest. Yes. That they have that, that are there. A synagogue that I go to, they actually have a prefab one that they decorate every year. They put up their PVC pipe, and then they add their wood and whatnot to it. But the idea goes back to this temporary housing, this booth, or this 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 sukkah uh, that they are to. Many of them sleep in it. I mean, they they the Orthodox will sleep in it. Yes. But traditionally, most Jewish people would at least take a meal or two each day in the in the sukkah and look up at the stars and and just remember where their forefathers came from and how they got to the promised land. But the word itself really just means booth. You know, uh, I, the word is actually even connected to a series that we just wrapped up here at, uh, on the Friends of Israel today, which is all about uh, uh, the the Shekinah glory of God. Um, we called it the Kidron Saga, but but it was all about Shekan. I mentioned that word over and over again, Shekan, which means to dwell. And the same root word for dwelling, for for God's presence coming down is also this word, uh, Sukkot, which is the actual tabernacle or the, the the dwelling place where they would dwell. And so this was a very interesting holiday that they would do. I've been to Manhattan before. I've been to Brooklyn with uh, one of our old workers that was there. And I do remember walking down those streets in Brooklyn and every home had a little booth that they would eat. And I even celebrated with a bunch of Orthodox Jewish people, uh, a Sukkot. We ate dinner outside. Um, but they're doing that for how many days, though? I believe it's seven days. Yeah. I believe they're out there for seven days. Uh, it's a seven-day festival, and usually it's going to begin at sundown the night before. So it kind of begins with you going out and having dinner. And it's nice. The sun is down. It's fall, so it's nice out, and, and it's a pleasant place to be. And I think it could be, especially here in New York, you know, a high-rise. That could be a really, really beautiful. I mean, look at what we're doing nowadays in our COVID-infested world. People are eating outside. <laughs> you have to be there anyway. God's yeah. been doing that for a long time, That's right? right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I am also thinking of the fact that we have representatives that uh, that work with Friends of Israel that are building booths, mm -hmm. uh, uh, Sukkot uh, um, for the Feast of Tabernacles. I think of uh, one of our colleagues, Bob Jonasi, who's at Cedarville University, and he's mm -hmm. building a booth for students so that they can see what that's like sure. connected to this festival. 
festival. Uh, I know that out in Las Vegas, we have uh, uh, workers out there who are building booths to show Christians the significance mm-hmm. of the Feast of Tabernacles. But, you know, it's interesting because the Feast of Tabernacles is like most holidays in the in the biblical feasts. It's connected to harvest, a harvest yes. season. Yes. This one's an important harvest season. What, what What's different? This one's different for sure. What, what makes it different, though? I think a, a part that makes this difference, number one, it's coming in the fall. Yeah. And this would be a parallel to the the American or what we celebrate here in the United States. And I think they celebrate up in Canada, the Thanksgiving, the harvest home, the, the bringing in the, the final harvest, bringing in all that the Lord has provided, knowing that winter is looming. Mm-hmm. And then looking forward to enjoying God's provision. And then as we move on, they're actually going to have a celebration where they're praying that the Lord would then send the rain for the next year. That's right. So it's it's a unique harvest because it kind of parallels what the American Thanksgiving was all about. And it was all the fun stuff for the Feast of Tabernacles. You know, uh, three times a year, the Jewish people were required to go to Jerusalem for the for the festivals, mm-hmm. Passover, Shavuot, mm-hmm. uh, the Feast of Weeks, and then now the Feast of Tabernacles, all connected to some type of harvest. Yep. But this is the harvest. I always say this is the fun harvest because the other ones were the bread. It was the barley. It was mm-hmm. the wheat. Now we're talking about olives. We're talking about harvesting grapes. We're talking about harvesting uh, figs. This fun, the, the, the fun yes. parts of eating, right? Yep. And this is where there, there's joy and excitement. And that's why they actually hang fruit, if I remember correctly, yes, on do. the on the sides of the of the sukkah. They can hang all different kinds of those fruits and, and even others. If they're in an area of the country that doesn't have olives or figs, they can hang something else. I, I saw one where they had an eggplant. I mean, I, I think the idea is they're just trying to identify with what God asked them to do in the in the in the word. And they want to remember God's provision. That's the big thing, though, and I want to land here for a moment before we take our break. Let's talk about that. The idea that in the wilderness, this is what this whole thing is about. In the wilderness, God provided for his people. That even in the middle, this is really what it comes down to, even in the middle of the stiff-necked, hard-hearted moments of his people as they're wandering around the wilderness because of their disobedience, God still provided for his people. Yes, he did. And even though they they weren't overly happy with it all the time, the fact is that, yes, God provided. But what they're celebrating today, what they're hanging, the figs, that was provided when they got to the final destination. Yes. As they were in the wilderness, they didn't have those things. You know, they were missing the, 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 the leeks and the garlics from Egypt. They had manna. Yes. But they didn't have the figs. But he said, when you get to the land that I'm bringing you to, and you will reap of the harvest of a crop that you didn't plant, of a plant you didn't watch grow. You're coming into fully produced grapes, fully produced figs, fully produced, you know, date honey that's ready to go. I want you to remember me and what I did. And so there's an aspect of here's where we were in the temporary seeing this, but here's what we got at the end. Yes. With the, with the fruits and whatnot that they were able to enjoy right away. And they knew that was coming because when those 12 spies were sent in, they, they're seeing the size of grapes and they're going, you're never going to believe the kind of fruit this land can produce. You know, Did you picture two guys carrying this huge cluster of grapes. That's right. And it's called one. It, it, it's hot. It's one. But they show it. And it's like two guys with this giant 
you know, staff and, and these huge grapes between them. That's right. And that's actually the emblem of tourism for the Israelis today. If yes. you ever see two, you see two guys yep. and they're carrying this one bunch of grapes. They're yep. just huge. That's the emblem for tourism yes, going into the land. Again, all this great reminder of God's provision for his people. Yep. The ex- And even the idea, which we're going to get to in a second, the expectation of something greater, uh, the expectation. And, you know, we're going to talk about how this this particular feast of Israel, the, the, the Feast of Tabernacles, that's what we're talking about, actually has a prophetic vision. It, it, there is a prophetic element to this uh, festival. Um, but before we get to that, sure. I want to, Tom, I want to make sure that people know how they can get their hands on this issue of Israel, my glory. Uh, it's called the Seven Biblical Feasts. Now, listen, if you have never subscribed to our magazine, Israel My Glory, you can simply go to foiradio.org right now. And if you subscribe, you're going to get a one-year free subscription, foiradio.org. And there you can read Tom's article, Holiday Under the Stars, and many more. Again, that's foiradio.org. We're continuing our conversation here on the Feasts of Israel, the fall feast, specifically this last feast of the year, right, Tom? The Feast of Tabernacles. Especially when, now let's remember, this was the original one given by God. There is going to be a celebration that our listeners are probably aware of of Hanukkah. That's right. But Hanukkah is extra biblical in the sense that it wasn't given by God. This is the last feast of the seven given by God in Leviticus 23, and so that makes it kind of the completion. But yes, you're, you're correct. But we don't want to forget that Jewish people do celebrate Hanukkah. It's just not given by God in Leviticus 23. And there's a few, you know, there's a few of those uh, that appear yeah. uh, on the... But, Purim's another one. Purim, that's right. That's in the book of Esther. But then it comes later on correct. after the law was established already. Correct. But in the law, the, 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 the year ends with this. And correct. it's really a, it's a really great way to end... It is the seven biblical feasts, starting in Passover, ending in the Feast of Tabernacles. But, you know, I want to talk about what Jewish people do today. You talked about the fact that they build a booth Mm -hmm. for seven days. They eat. I know most of them eat dinner in it at night. Usually they were originally commanded to sleep in there. The whole (laughs) move your family out of your house, put them in a tabernacle in a Sukkot. But now they mostly eat. But there's this thing called a lulav. Mm -hmm and an etrog. Mm-hmm. I love this little component, but maybe you can share with our audience about this. Uh, the lulav is, is it's part of what they call the four species. The lulav combined with the etrog is called the four species. The lulav is made up of a hadas, which is a myrtle tree frond or branch. It's also made up of a lulav, which is a palm frond. Oh, interesting. And then there is the ara, I believe I'm pronouncing that, pronouncing that right, A-R-A, U-A-H, which is a willow. You put those three together and you bind them and you hold them in your right hand and they point away from you. Then you have this etrog, which is a citron. It is a hybrid citrus fruit, very fragrant. Um, and I've learned uh, from, from some of my colleagues here that the bigger the end, the, 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 the longer the end, the more kosher yeah. and the better of, a, of an etrog you have. And you hold that in your left hand and you face in the different directions and I did this with a with a rabbi when I was down the shore, and it was just so cool. He showed us how to hold it, and and we shook the 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 um, the lulav, and we faced like east, south, northwest, 
And the idea he said was that we were addressing that God is everywhere and that God is, is like providing and has provided for us. And it's like to the north, to the south, to the east, to the west, all the blessing that God has given us. Yes. And so you hold the, the, the etrog, which is, to me, it's like a mutant lemon. Okay, it is like a, 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 an irradiated mutant lemon. So you're holding this, this, this like really gigantic lemon with this big, big end, and you got your four branches, and you shake them, and you hold this out, and you, you and you pray, and then you turn and you go all the way around within the the sukkah, and and that's part of your of the worship that is that's done. And it's just to remind them of how, how much God has blessed and provided and how great is our God. Isn't it amazing that what they're doing there, you know, you just think of the symbolism that's wrapped up, but that you said God is everywhere. Correct. And I love that because that's really a, all about what the Feast of Tabernacles is, is that God is providing. God provided for them in the, uh, in the wilderness. God provided for them when they got to the land. And really, you know, it's a fresh reminder for us that God is everywhere and that God wants to be with us as well. And you know what? That's really the heart. Let's move into this prophetic element because that's the heart of what we're getting at here. You know, the Feast of Tabernacles is driving us to know that God wants to be with us. He wants to dwell with us. Can you talk about the prophetic influence that the Feast of Tabernacles has? I'm with you. I love it. And even the very word, you know, at Christmas time, I, I'm sure that that all of us have, have done the Christmas carol. God with man is now residing. Yes. Okay. God is tabernacling. That's what the prophetic aspect of this holiday is 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 really driving home. Well, you've gone all the way from Christ our Passover is slain. He is unleavened without sin. These are the spring feasts. Mm-hmm. He arose on first fruits, victorious, and became the first fruits of them that slept, first Corinthians fifteen. Then we come to the fall feast. You've got Rosh Hashanah, which was trumpets. He regathers his people because God isn't finished with Israel. Then you move on to Yom Kippur, which is really speaking and addressing the spiritual awakening. They will look upon me whom they've pierced and mourn for him as one mourns for only son, and Israel will be saved. That's So it's an Israel repentance that takes place there. Absolutely. Yeah. These are all seven feasts given to Israel. The church isn't involved, technically. Mm-hmm. I mean... The fact that we get some of the blessing from the spring ones is fine, but God is not done with Israel. And that brings us then to the seventh. You've got a saved group of people and God is going to return. That's right. He's going to protect them from the tribulation. He is going to save them alive from, from Antichrist and, and, and this horde of enemies. And then he will tabernacle. He will dwell with his people and he will, will be on a throne. He's a priest. He's a king. He's going to be in the Holy of Holies, I believe, in the temple. And he will dwell. He will tabernacle with his people. God with his people will be residing. He'll be tabernacling. You know, I wish we would have ended, uh, you know, going back now and thinking about this uh, Kidron saga, if any of our listeners were able to go through that series, and you can by going to our website, foiradio.org, you can actually go back and listen to all of the different episodes that we did on the Kidron saga. But I wish we would have ended that because we really focused in on this concept of God tabernacling dwelling with his people. God came down into the tabernacle. God came down into the temple. God came down into the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. God came down in the person of the Holy Spirit who's dwelling, tabernacling with us now. And there's a future tabernacle that's coming, Revelation 21.3. God's going to tabernacle with us. But you know, when, when you look at the future of prophecy, I, I get this question a lot from Christians. Chris, should I be celebrating the Feast of Israel. Should we be doing? It's biblical. Christmas isn't biblical, you know, uh, but should we be celebrating? And I always go, no, we, we can honor them. You can remember them. Think about them. But you know that it, when we get to the end times, when we get to the future, there are 
actual events that we're going to be celebrating that are biblical and the Feast of Tabernacles is one of them, right, Tom? It is. Zechariah 14. It's amazing. Of all the holidays, and I mean, God gave seven amazing festivals to the Jewish people. The one that he talks about specifically and names only that it will be celebrated in the future that we know of is Tabernacles. And he says in Zechariah 14, I'm paraphrasing, that that if there's any people of the nations, the Gentiles, because mm-hmm. there will be Gentiles that survive the, the tribulation period, and they will go into the kingdom with their Jewish brothers. It's just going to be a Jewish kingdom, not a Gentile kingdom. That's right. So the Gentiles, if any of the nations that come in, if they don't come up and celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles, which is remembering the fact that God is now dwelling amongst his people, then it's not going to rain in your area. <laughs> I mean, boy, you know, so all of a sudden, you know, oh, Egypt, you didn't make it. So sorry for you. You won't get any rain for a while. Yeah, that's right. Because God is so keen on the fact I'm here. That's right. I am in your midst and I will be honored by you and I will be loved and respected by you. You know, and it's it's not like it's torture. We're no. going to honor God for his presence, his physical presence Absolutely. being with us. And it's a great reminder that we're going to go up to Jerusalem. Yep. And as nations, we're going to celebrate. And you know what I love is even today, we're not even talking about the prophetic future. Today, there are Christians from all around the world, from nations all around the world, who actually fly to Jerusalem yep. During the Feast of Tabernacles to make known, you know, this is what we're going to be doing in the future. So we might as well get started now. (laughs) Let's learn how to do it here. That's right. And I love that. So even today during the Feast of Tabernacles, you know, I don't know about the COVID, but uh, if if you research online, you can actually see that Christians go to Israel during the Feast of Tabernacles. They hold a flag up of the country that they represent. And really countries from all around the world, Christians come and they honor Zechariah 14, which talks about the fact that in the future, we will be honoring God during this festival to say, God, thank you. Thank you for providing. Thank you for your presence. We love you. We honor you. I just love how God has orchestrated all this. I agree. And I can't help but think of one of my favorite verses in scripture. We're going to go back to to the book of Lamentations. It's of the Lord's tender mercy. If we are not consumed, they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And that's really what we're talking about. We're talking about God's amazing faithfulness and his provision. Even when we don't know we need something or we haven't ascertained it, God has already taken into account. You know, I'm going to give you the final word on that. And then I'm also going to do this. I'm going to remind our listeners, if you've had fun with us, I've had a great time. I always love it when Tom's in studio. I love being with you, Chris. Um, I I just really encourage you, if you've never subscribed for our magazine, Israel My Glory, this is a great time to get involved with what we're doing here at the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry. You know, we're not just a radio program. We have a teaching arm that is reaching all around the world. And Israel My Glory is blessing people all around the world. And this is a a great way for you to get involved by simply going to our website, foiradio.org. Tom, I thank you so much for being a part of the program today and writing a fantastic article. Well, Chris, it was my privilege, A, to be here with you and, uh, and our listeners. And, and just praise the Lord. I'll also tell you, I got a great editor. That's true. I got a great editor. Lorna, who's the editor of Israel My Glory, editor-in-chief, she is, is amazing, and she does a great job. She comes up with these themes. She prays through them. She makes the assignments. She's your wife. Yes, she is. We'll just leave it at that, okay? Enough said. <laughs> <laughs> great to have you, Tom. Thank you. God bless.
Thank you so much for joining us today for the Friends of Israel today. Chris, where are we headed next week? Yeah, next week and the following week, actually, we're going to have Dr. Michael Zviegel on. He's the department chair and professor of theological studies at Dallas Theological Seminary. He teaches on historical and systematic theology. And you know what? We're going to actually be looking specifically at the at the role that Athens, Greek philosophy, played in, in, in the development of Christian theology and whether or not there were some good things there and bad things there. So we're going to have a great conversation over the next two weeks. It's an important topic. We hope you join us then. Our host and teacher is Chris Katolka. Today's program was produced by Tom Gallion. Our theme music was composed and performed by Jeremy Strong, Mike Kellogg, Red Apples of Gold, and I'm Steve Conover, executive producer. Our mailing address is FOI Radio, PO Box 914, Belmar, New Jersey, 08099. Again, that's FOI Radio, P.O. Box 914, Belmar, New Jersey, 08099. And quickly, one last time, visit us at foiradio.org. The Friends of Israel Today is a production of the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry. We are a worldwide evangelical ministry proclaiming biblical truth about Israel and the Messiah while bringing physical and spiritual comfort to the Jewish people. 